Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Sander Lanch Podcast. My name is Joe, and we are reading this week The Way of Kings, chapters 42 and 43, wherein Shalan has a lot of self kind of ruminating. She's confronted with possible boyfriend feelings, and we just kind of see her waffle back and forth on what it is she's going to do. There is a looming boat pickup on the horizon for her, and she's decided she's just going to play her part. So uh, that's where she was. And then Cowden, we go back, and he's still feeling pretty, pretty sad. We've got a new jerk leader for the bridge crew. <laughs> His wife seems to be wearing the pants and calling the shots, which, you know, that's that's cool. They have to, they've been put on permanent ravine duty, but that allows them to not be seen. And so Kaladin finally decides to brass up and come up with a plan to actually escape. So exciting things possibly on the horizon for our group. As I said again, my name is Joe, and with me this week is... Data. Jamie. And Dak. That's right, we're all here, and we're all ready to talk about these great chapters. Hold on to something, everyone. The Sander Lanch is about to begin. So yeah, just two chapters this time, and uh, not a lot like happening happening. A lot of introspection, a lot of uh, on both Kaladin and Shalon's part. But what did you guys think of these two chapters? You know, and and we said this before we started, and you just reiterated it. You know, for the uh, for the listeners out there, but there isn't a lot that happens. But I actually do really like these chapters. The introspection is is pretty is pretty nice to hear. And it makes sense at this point in our story because both of these characters have kind of come to like, okay, what do I do now? You know, moment, I think for both of them, right? And so we've we've got a lot of interesting insights from Shalan. And, uh, you know, she's she's actually internally vocalizing some things that we've actually said about her, right? That, that she might be like falling for this dude. And that also like she actually likes being a scholar now. She doesn't really want to leave. It is interesting to me some particular pieces in here that uh, that the ardent guy says to her, and and so you know we'll we'll talk about that when we get there. But uh, yeah, her her story is kind of getting more interesting after a little bit of a lull, right? You know, it was kind of like studying. When am I going to steal this thing? Okay, now I stole it. Now it's like, okay, what do we do now? There's a lot of suspense building i feel like on this so it'll be interesting to see that play out and then kaladin he survives this ordeal he loses hope and and regains it almost too quickly but at the same time like it's understandable based on the narrative so far like we're 60 percent of the way through the book at some point like something some kind of <laughs> some kind of thing should be happening not just more of like we're all meant to die so i'm excited for it to move on it was kind of like we were we were we were building to that, and then this bad thing happened, and then he survived the bad thing, and then it was like we were going back down into the muck, and it was like why? So I, uh, you know, 
at the same time that I'm like, man, that was fast that he turned himself around. You know, it also makes sense because we we want the story to be building to something hopefully positive. So yeah, that's a great, good chat. <laughs> That'd be nice, yeah. right? Yeah, it would be nice, right? If our characters that we you know come to come to like at least a little bit, you know, if something positive would happen to them, that'd be great. So yeah, good chapters. I I enjoyed enjoyed every every part that we read. Yeah, I I can agree that it does feel like you're like, uh oh, we're heading into like this this what. Uh, what does he call it? He's like, he calls it the wretch version of himself where he just doesn't care about anything. Yeah. And it, it does seem like a very quick turnaround, but it's just like, mm-hmm. he, he's going to fall into this and then he kind of pulls himself back from the brink. And I guess that's better than like sinking into it. And then like having to call yourself back out. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense. It, it And it, I think what it does honestly is it gives us some important like information about Kaladin's personality. It's like, he's, even as a child, he's gone through these cycles and what could pull him out was his brother, but his brother's gone. So like, instead of being able to be pulled out of it, historically, after his brother was gone, he'd become really apathetic for a while. And so, you know, we're kind of seeing this internalization of like, yeah, I shouldn't do that. I got to find a different way to deal with this. And so, uh, and so, yeah, this, it makes, it makes sense. And it's, it's good to see. What he needs is somebody to bring him some cool rocks. Right. Yeah, some sweet rocks, you know, pull out their rock collection. He's He's got a cool rock. He's got that big dude. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's fair, yeah. The horn-eating rock. It just sounds weird, yeah. But, oh, yeah, yeah, you're not wrong. Yeah, you ever seen my horn-eating rock? He's great. <laughs> yeah, I, I also like these chapters. Good to see some of our, our thoughts kind of play out in there. Also, I guess with Shalan, we, we, have, a, we have a time frame of which we're expecting something to happen for her. You know, the, the boat comes to get her in a week. So that's that's kind of cool that that's all sort of coming together now. Capsule and his jam ways. Still don't trust that guy. <laughs> Especially when you rock up with a truth berry jam. Oh, no, no, it doesn't work. Like, stop it. Anyway, in case you weren't sure how I felt about him. Then Kaladin, yeah, I feel sorry for him that he's gone back into that spiral again but i am i am excited that we're possibly going to see a bit of like warrior kaladin coming out which will be cool they something has to change for them too you know they've they've gotten close and been shot down and a bit closer and shot down and yeah something's got to happen for them they've got to it really can't get worse and you you really can't have them just waiting around for their own demise so i I don't like our our new light eyes his wife, I, I haven't really met the light eyes, even though he's sitting there, but his wife doing all of the talking there. That was an interesting dynamic. But yeah, I'm I'm actually really excited to to see what comes what comes next in our in our story. I'm glad you uh, you you went into Capsol because that was gonna be my first question for for Jamie. It's like what uh, how does how do you feel like Capsol now? I, I dislike him even more. <laughs> Like Shalan, stop it. <laughs> Keep your feelings in check, my friend. <laughs> uh, yes, and it's also you've uh, you 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 and Joe both mentioned this this new person in charge of the bridges, and yeah, they it it does seem like a weird. Like he's just sitting there the whole time while his wife, not only while his wife talks, but at one point, like Kaladin kind of insults him, and yeah. his wife is the one that like takes care of this while he continues to just stand there. <laughs> so it's <laughs> this is a weird it relationship. Reminds me... It reminds me of uh, when I was when I was in high school. My uh, 
one of my teachers, the the history teacher, was like, yeah, Calvin Coolidge didn't want to be president. His wife wanted him to be president. And so, like, <laughs> he he was kind of, like, foisted into becoming president when all he really wanted was to be, like, a congressman or something or a quiet lawyer. And, like, uh, that just what's, it's what it makes me think of. Like, this guy's, like, his wife's like, no, you're going to be in charge of the Bridgman because you've got to do something important. What you've been doing so far, I don't like. you got to do something better. <laughs> Maybe. There's a crazy level of, yes, dear. <laughs> yes, dear. Yes, dear. I'll be president. Whatever you say, dear. Now I have to work. Ugh. But, uh, yeah, we, th- there's a couple of, and I think, I think, Jamie, you latched on to some of the, there's a couple of interesting things that are popping out here. We've got the, the cab saw thing, which, like, he's really being kind of bold in this set of chapters. And, uh, yeah, yeah where that is leading, do you think that he's, it, because you were doubting, you're like, I don't know that he's actually interested in Shalon, like, I, or or whether it's something else. Do you still feel like uh, that way? I don't know. He's laying it on pretty thick. I I don't know. He like he could. I don't know if he's just being so bold because of how Shalon and Shalon even admitted it that she's, you know, kind of encouraged him to talk that way, but. I just, I'm not sure, you know, like when we read the first Miss Bourne book and we were all a bit like, oh, Ellen, I don't really know what I think about him and don't really like, I'm kind of getting similar vibes. Ellen turned out to be a good guy. He liked. Capsule, he, he could, he could just have a weird way of going about it. Like if he was to leave the Ardentia and and uh, pursue Shalan more seriously, like I don't know, maybe he could actually be a good person or an asset in her cause. But I just, I don't know. He's not. It's not sitting well with me. He could. He could genuinely have feelings for her, and they do seem to get along quite well. How much of that can you fake? I guess I don't know. <laughs> Some people out there are very very good at it. So okay, yeah, that's fair. How fake is he? That's the question we will keep going forward. All right, fair enough. Yeah, this, these chapters are fun. Nice like to have a little room to breathe. I agree with Joe. Part of me was like, uh, oh, Cal- uh, Kaladin came out of like his funk a bit quickly, but also we've, like, I'm just like, thank God, because I, I felt like, all right, we've seen this. Come on, let's, we, let, let's, let's get the story moving on that front. So I think that was the right amount of time to spend with him depressed. And also, I guess, like, it's nice to see, like, all this time he, he was building up to save his team while still sort of playing by the light eyes rules. He's like, we're going to keep being Bridgman, but we're just going to do it in a way that we don't die. And then finally he realizes that was never going to work. So he's like, all right, fuck it, guys, we out. Come on. So, yeah, I, 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 look, I look forward to them pulling off, you know, the their great escape from Alcatraz or whatever. <laughs> Although I will admit, it's like if they're on cabin cabin duty, per, cabin duty, chasm duty permanently, like how hard could it be to escape? It's like they all go down, and it's like all right, everyone start screaming, ah, and then like just don't come back up, and like everyone on top side would be like, guess chasm fiend got him. Yeah, but then you're, I mean, they they point that out that you're kind of stuck down there. They're like people have tried to make it to the other side and map these chasms, but they never come back. They get eaten by a chasm fiend or stuck down here during the high storm. And so okay. just cause no one ever came back doesn't necessarily mean no one made it out. It's like, uh, Oh, these mm. people who tried to escape from us, we never heard from them again. Oh, they must've died. Surely. Like, otherwise they totally would have sent us a message saying, ha we made it out. You, you dicks. Like, 
I don't think I don't think these were people trying to escape. These were people not slaves who worked here and were trying to get maps of the chasms to okay. I, I, I guess it doesn't say that explicitly. Maybe it was slaves and they've just snuck off. But that's it, it, the, the impression like we, I got. We, we sent we sent slaves down to map the chasm. Well, maybe that's like they're, they're going to find like this habitation at the end at the other end of the chasms of like escaped slaves. And it's like, oh, hey, guys, join the party. <laughs> that um, would be very useful. Yeah, they, they live with they live with the Parshendi now. So, so yeah, it was cool. I, I, I do like seeing that side of Kaladin's thing. It's like, all right, cool. We're done with the funk. He's acknowledged this was never going to work. Fuck it. Let's just, he's out, of, he's out of his funk, but in a different way than he was, which is good. I think it's what he needed. And the Shalan chapter, yeah, I don't trust Cabsol at all, but I'll admit, like, I've spent this whole chapter, it's kind of like watching Rope, the Hitchcock movie, where, like, start of the movie, they've got this, they've got a dead body in a, like, in like inside the apartment hidden in a box and they've got people over for a party and you're just waiting for someone to discover it like this is kind of what this is we're just waiting for for yasna to go so you bro- like you've either broken or stolen my soul caster so mm-hmm. i'm just like capsule shows up i'm just like you get the fuck out of here i'm waiting for, i'm waiting for the interesting one to come back <laughs> yeah capsule capsule i don't like i agree with jamie i think he's i think he's sus okay capsule not the most popular fellow in in the on the podcast, <laughs> yeah. For the the tipping point I think Jamie mentioned as well was the truth berry jam. I'm like, really, dude? Wow. Some shady about these truth berries. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> I like I like the way you the the way you put it that it was like up till now Kaladin's trying been trying to play by the rules. He's like, we're gonna work within the system to try to improve things, and now he realizes, well, that was never gonna happen. So screw him. Yeah. Not, I'd never thought of it in quite those terms, but that's that's pretty much the case. Yeah, we try we tried to you know still be Bridgman, but it just it, it was never going to work for us, and he didn't realize it for the longest time. It's like you're not meant to survive. Okay, then fuck it. Like let's let's try and escape. What's going to happen? We die anyway. Well, we're Bridgman. That's what we do. Yeah. Oh, and the other thing I had was yeah, the new bridge leader like obviously kind of sucks. But the impression I got with the wife giving the orders instead of him. Sort of reminded me when Kaladin first showed up, it wasn't like the guy in charge who was surveying the bridge crew. Then it was the wife doing that as well. So I just ma- it just made me think of that. I didn't think it was like a well, this new leader like is just a henpecked husband. This is what the wives do here. Like they like whoever's assigned to bridge crew, their wives will sort of like eyeball the slaves. That's an interesting point. Yeah, I'd kind of forgotten about that. That that was totally the 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 woman was in charge of all that business there. Of course, in that case, like with the, the slave contracts, I figured it was more of a like, you know, she's going to have to sign off on this. So she's going to like he the, the guy can't read. So what does he know about looking at uh, the documents about the slaves? Oh, uh, that's a good point. Yeah, but it, yeah, it just it gave me similar vibes. OK, well, I guess let's let's move into these chapters then. The first one is called Beggars and Barmaids, which I feel like promises a lot more than it delivers w- with that title. Yeah, for sure. There are no, I, I don't remember any beggars or barmaids in this whole chapter. No. Nope. Yeah, there was there was no drunken romp through like the the slums of this city. What the hell? Uh, yeah. See, there's just so much that that could have meant, and it's just like an offhand line that Yasna throws out. Uh, but the the epigraph here says, "Like a high storm, regular in their coming, yet always unexpected." The word desolation is used twice in reference to their appearances, and I, th- I think in this chapter we get an idea of maybe where these were coming from. I forgot about that in the intro. That was nice to have that sort of confirmed as well. Yeah, I think Dak was calling it. Oh, very early on. Yeah, way back when. So we start out with Shalon being like, I've made my decision. 
I've been studying these philosophies, and I finally decided what you did was legal and right, but it was not moral and it was not ethical. And so she's like, okay, so morality and legality are distinct. And she's like, oh, yeah, almost all philosophers agree on that. You can be moral without following the law, and you can be immoral while following the law. But also, like, for me, it's the other distinction that I found more interesting. Like, there's a difference between right and moral. And Shalon says an action can be right. It's just done without consideration for intent. Killing four men in self-defense is right. But morality applies to your intent and the greater context of the situation. I don't know that I agree with that necessarily, but I guess I see what she's saying. It's been two weeks, and Yasna is just wearing her soul caster around. Uh, hasn't mentioned anything. I mean, Shalon hasn't seen her soul casting either, so is she just worried about revealing that it's broken? Hopefully she's not going to go out and get into another situation where there's guys trying to murder her and she's relying on her soul caster to save her. <laughs> I really, I, I'm sticking to what I said earlier. I don't think it's broken. I think, like, neither one of them is broken. It's just they. she still doesn't know how to use it, so Yasna's like, ah, it's fine. There's nothing wrong with this thing. It's pretty clear that Shalon still does not know how to use it from this chapter. Yeah. And so we end up with Yasna being like, okay. Shalon's like, you don't, you don't care that I'm basically calling you a murderer? And she says, no, no, murder is a legal distinction. You said that legally I was okay, that it was just unethically. And uh, she's like, it took you two weeks of hard study to come to, like, this decision, right? And you're still wondering, right? It's like, yeah, okay, good enough. See, that's what she's trying to teach her is to study and to think independently. And it seems to be working. And as a reward, you can have the rest of the day off. Do as you please. You'll probably spend it drawing beggars and barmaids, I suspect. But you may choose. Be off with you. The only mention we get for the title of the chapter is that. And so Shalon is, uh, she's going to try today some more to get the soul caster to work. She read a tip in a book that humming makes you able to soul cast better. So she's going to try that out. It, These are it, such random rumors, right? It's like, how would, how would humming make it work better? She even thinks that she's like, this seems weird, but I mean, I've tried everything else I can try. So why not? And she start when it's still not working. She's like, maybe, maybe Yasna duped me with a fake. Like she left it out where I could take it. So, I mean, was that like intentional? Was she trying to trick me? Which is once again, we're giving Yasna a lot of credit for like being subtle here. Not quite as much as Dax theory, but uh, we're like wheels within wheels happening in, in Yasna's head, potentially. When that doesn't work, she's going to try to draw some more. And then she hears somebody say, what are you? And she's like, wait, what? Who's there? <laughs> and it turns out that there's a maid outside in uh, either. She's either in the main area or in Yasna's room. Yeah, I love how the maid it's like I'm, I'm trying to think of this for the maid's perspective. Like she just hears, hey, who are you? And the maid's like, what, what, what? <laughs> and so Shalon, of course, assumes this maid was the one who was like, what are you? But the maid's like, I, I didn't say anything. And Shalon's pretty sure it came from inside her room. So she's like, OK, this is weird. The tiny room was easily inspected. There were no void bringers hiding in the corners under her bed. Is, is that what they do? <laughs> right. <laughs> we still don't know much about void bringers. Maybe the, that's where they had under the bed. He's like. You know, there was that monster in one of the recent Dresden books, which is like they, they emerge from anywhere there is a corner. I'm just like, oh, is that what the Voidbringers are? Oh, yeah, Ooh. the corner hounds. Spoiler. They're uh, they're apparently from like so the Cthulhu mythos. Mm. Corner hounds. Yeah. That's it's a, a cool good, enough name. Yeah, it's a, it's a good band name. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. We are the corner hounds. I feel like he needs a British accent for some reason. I don't know why. <laughs> 
Thank you, we all the corner hounds. One, two, three, four. It's King Ron again. <laughs> He's also a rock uh, star. King Ron. It's all King Ron, you know. Can't even get me girlfriend to pay attention to me no more. She's all Harry this and Harry that. <laughs> oh, actually, speaking of things involving uh, voices we do on the show, Jamie, tell them what you saw this week. Oh, yeah, I got... <laughs> I was driving. I wasn't able to take a photo of it, but I was so excited. There were two guys in a in a truck, and they are the the bug hunters, <laughs> who also remove possums. <laughs> and I was so Perfect. Excited. Perfect. <laughs> Very she had a real life encounter. My photo. So if you're listening, bug uh, hunters, you made my day. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Okay. Yeah. The bug hunters. The no psychic. possum hunters need to hug, hunt some bugs, yeah. I mean, they don't exclusively hunt possums. It's true. They're, they're pest control no. in a variety yeah. of ways. Yeah. Possum, possums are just what they're known for. But they do right. things. Right. Their specialty is squishing possums. Yeah, son number one, you know we'll, uh, we'll we don't kill anything that comes across our path. Yeah, we can do two things. Why shouldn't we? Yeah. Like, I can, I can pat my... Head and rub my belly at the same time. You ever seen that? No. Are you looking at it? Check it out. Oh, God. Oh, God. I thought you was just having a spasm or something. Nah, nah. Boy, come lift up my shirt. <laughs> I don't want to. Like, why are your clothes off? <laughs> smell like corn. Uh, <laughs> better than cheese, ain't it, boy? Hey, hey, hey. One time. One time. Uh, okay. Yep, yep. Bug hunters, possum hunters, they're they're, they're out there. It's been a while yeah. since they showed up. You know, the people need the people got to give them what they want. Sure, yeah, they, they've been clamoring. If they want <laughs> cheese, if they want cheese and corn smelling possum hunters, you know, look no further. <laughs> so I'm just moving on. Um, it turns out the maid was in Yasna's room, but the maids are not supposed to go in Yasna's room. She doesn't like people touching her stuff. And Shalon's like. Oh, she's going to be mad. You you better tell her about it before she finds out. And then it's like, okay. And then Shalon's like, actually, just you, you, should, you should go tell her right now. Go hunt her down wherever she is and tell her that you went in her room and touched her stuff. No point in putting it off. <laughs> it's, it's the elderly maid side. Yes, of course, brightness. Like, uh, uh, I didn't need this shit. Can you imagine? Today. Yeah, can you imagine? She's just like, you better go tell her right now. You touched her stuff. <sighs> it's like, uh, I've lived through so many years. <laughs> I gotta go tell some young brightness princess that I touched her things, really. But Shalon is gonna use this as a as an excuse. Now she can go in and look and dig through Yasna's stuff, and Yasna won't know because she'll if something's moved, she'll just think that the maid did it. So uh, the be- I, I like the the bedroom's larger than Shalon's. Yasna has a four poster monstrosity as a bed. I, it's such a weird like specific thing to call out. Well, I mean it's taken up half the room so i guess it makes sense yeah, that's to call true it out. that's fair it's like it's it's a monstrosity shalon's i think shalon's just jealous that she's got a little bit and shalon and yasna gets a huge one i got an air mattress <laughs> you're sleeping on a pull-out trundle bed what the hell <laughs> and so she digs out yasna's notebooks that she's been working on and there are three one has notes on urethiru which is the city we've heard mentioned a couple times then there's one that doesn't have a title, but when she looks in it, it's all these quotes, some of which we have seen in the epigraphs. 
the ones of ash and fire who killed like a swarm relentless before the heralds. They take away the light wherever they lurk, skin that is burned. I think that one's a new one for us. But uh, they seem to be like notes from various different sources. Uh, in this particular book, they seem to be talking about the Voidbringers. And Shallan's like, the Voidbringers again? What? Why is she so interested in like, like, this is the lady who doesn't believe in God, but she's researching about like the opposite, like the thing that God fights in the legends. I don't understand. Not only that, but like the enemies that, were defeated a long time ago. Why are we, why do we care? And the other notebook is on Natanatan, that section of the world, the unclaimed hills, the shattered plains, all that stuff. And so she's like, I don't understand. How do these three things go together? Do they go together? Why is she researching these things? And the void bringers are the biggest one because she's, she just can't comprehend why Yasna would be looking into this. And then there's a knock at the door and she freaks out that Yasna's coming back. And she's like, wait, Yasna wouldn't knock on the door to her own room. Uh, and it turns out it's Cabsol, who somehow has gotten wind of the fact that she's free for the day and has brought some jam. That is kind of like our first clue, right? Like, because why would people know that? So, like, that that's like, I feel like that's our first clue that Cabsol might be in her pocket in this chapter. It's like, in Yasna's pocket. Mm. It's like, how? 100%. How, she, she has not left the the place where they're staying. How would anybody know that she had the day free? Yeah, unless you were talking to Yasna or overhearing conversations in there. I agree completely. My assumption when I first read it was that, like, we know that Capsule goes, like, looking for her at times. I think we've seen him, like, show up and be like, hey, where's Shalon? And Yasna's like, oh, she's down in the, like, bringing me back a book or whatever. And uh, so I figured that he went and, like, Yasna was there. He's like, oh, I'm looking for Shalon. And she told him, oh, I gave her the day off. But uh, it could certainly be something a little more nefarious. Either way, he talked. To, he had to have talked about <clears throat> that information from Yasna's. Yeah, Yasna's the only one who knows. Even the maid doesn't know that Shalon has the day off. Who's the only other character we've seen? Unless Yasna's just going around bragging about it to people, like, "Yeah, I'm such a great, I'm, I'm such a great mentor. I gave her the day off. I'm cool like that." You know, that doesn't seem very Yasna. It doesn't. Yeah. And so. Today, as 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 has been mentioned several times, we have truth berry jam. Legends say that if you eat them, you will only speak the truth until the next sunset. And Shalon's like, wait, really? He's like, no, not really. The, the berries don't have any special properties. But if you burn the leaves or the and the stalks, they give off a smoke that makes people intoxicated and euphoric. So that's fun. They they talk a little bit about the scholarship thing, and Shalon's like, I like being outside too much. I'm never gonna be a good scholar. And he's like, a lot of great scholars spend their lives traveling. So you, you find a niche. It's okay, Shalon. And she's like, oh, so is this truthberry stuff working? Do you feel more truthful? And he's like, well, I mean, I'm an ardent. It's my duty and calling to be truthful at all times. And she's like, oh, yeah, I know what you mean. I'm always truthful, too. You know, I'm just so full of truth that sometimes it squeezes the lies right out of my lips. There's no place for them inside, you see. And there's definitely some flirting happening here where she's like, he's like coming on to her and she's she's like oh no don't do that but at the same time like you know smiling and laughing and blushing and kind of giving him some encouragement even that, all the while she's being like oh no stop and so it seems like you know uh he's making it seem like he's interested in uh, a, a little more intense relationship with shalon complimenting her and we find out a little more about her dad uh, I, I like this line he's a man of passion and virtue just never at the same time which doesn't paint a great picture of him, but nothing that we've heard about him paints a great picture of him so far. So, But at one point, he's just like, she's like, oh, you shouldn't talk like this. You're an ardent. And he's like, a man can leave the Ardentia. 
And she's like, whoa, okay, this is getting this is getting real serious real quick. And she just blurts out, oh, Yasna thinks you're close to getting close to me because you want her soul caster. That kind of kills the mood. Except it's <laughs> like, I mean, yeah, she she is real smart. She's like, wait, what? Yeah, it's like originally that was that was the thing. Yeah, he's, he's like, we'd love to get that Fabril, and I was going to ask for your help. But my superiors were like, no, that's dumb. The king of Alethkar is volatile enough that he might just march over here if we did something like that with his armies. I mean, on one level, they're right. That is absolutely the sort of thing Elokar would do. Mm. But he is not leaving the Shattered Plains because he wants the the, Pash, the Pashendi. Yep, got to get that revenge. Yep. And he, he points out kind of some stuff that we've talked about already where it's just like, you know, the shard blades and shard plate is really important, but like soul casters are what makes large scale war possible because you'd need like hundreds of wagons filled with food being shipped out there every month if you didn't have soul casters just create food. And she's like, oh, man, while we're on the subject, let me see if I can direct this conversation a little bit. I mean, I'm just so interested in soul casters. I've always wondered what it would be like to use one. And he's like, yeah, me too. Yeah, I never use one of them. We don't have any in Carbronth. She's like, oh, dang it, that's right, you guys don't. Okay. I mean, have you heard anything about them? Just uh, people talking about using them? And he's just like, oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a secret. You want to hear the secret? Yeah. It's really not that difficult. I've heard it from several people. It's They keep it all mysterious and stuff, but you just, like, you put your hand on there, you tap a gemstone, and it just works. And she's like, well, I mean, that's not what Yasna does. And he's like, yeah, supposedly if you use one long enough, you learn how to control it better. Yeah, that's, this, is, this is kind of like saying, it's like, oh, you know, driving a car is simple. You just put your foot on the accelerator, you jiggle the steering wheel, and you're good. <laughs> it's like, what you're saying isn't untrue, but you're missing a lot of info. Sean just assumes that he's been lied to and doesn't and, and believes the lies, because she's like, no, I've tried that. That doesn't work. Which could be correct. Maybe she's right. Or maybe Dak's right, and there's just more to it than that. And so uh, she's like, I kind of killed the moment, huh? And he's like, well, I'm glad you did. I, I get carried away sometimes. Uh, I think it's time we call it a day. And then the king comes strolling through the garden where they're having their little picnic and he like ducks down and he's like, the king ke- like keeps careful track of his ardents. I'm supposed to be on cataloging duty. And she's like, wait, what? You're like taking off of work to have a picnic with me. I thought you were supposed to be like protecting my soul. And he's like, yeah, some of the other ardents think I'm a little too interested in you. She's like, well, I mean, clearly they're right. Absolutely correct. And then after he leaves, she finds this message that was left for her. It is the Captain Tozbeck of the Wind's Pleasure, the ship that dropped her off here, saying that, uh, yeah, we're, we'll be back in Carbronth soon. Of course, we'll we'll give you packet package. We'll give you passage and return you to your states. We have your package. So they <laughs> rock up with another soul cast. I was like, where did you get this? Mm. Some guy told us to bring it to you. Said his name was like Kelsey or something. I don't know. Yeah, that's, but they're trying to get it back. Are they? Are they? Yes, they are. Or are they? There's there's this note at the bottom here. What does it say? Just to fuck with people. Signed, Wit. (laughs) Nice. We don't know that she knows Wit in any way, but yes, I could totally see it. (laughs) She she doesn't know Wit, but maybe like, I don't know. And I'm going to have to, when it gets to predictions, I'll I'll mention this as well. But I, I, I don't know how deep the relationship between Yasna and Wit goes, but I feel like they get along. I could see that. Yeah. So Yasna might have sp- might have told Wit shit by a span read. That's a fair point. They, they they might be buddies. I could see that. Yeah. The que- I, I guess in my mind the question is like we know that Wit makes an exception for Dalinar. Like we never see him insult Dalinar. 
I wonder if Yasna gets the same treatment. I don't feel like that she would take insults all that well. She's a little stuffy for that. No, but she can dish it out. Oh, yeah, I believe that. So, like, would you be like, yeah, yeah, this is awesome. So the ship says that it's going to be here in a week's time. And Shalon's like, I just sent him a message being like, hey, are you guys planning on being back this way anytime soon? I guess they assumed that meant come and get me. But a week? All right, that's as good a, a deadline as any. That'll make it three weeks since I stole the Soulcaster, so... If Yasna hasn't suspected me by then, she's probably not going to. And she goes back to where Yasna is studying, and Yasna's like, I gave you the day off and told you, you could do whatever you want. And she's like, yeah, and I decided that what I want to do is study. And Yasna's just like, yeah, she did. Man, I'm, I'm, I'm so good at wards. Look how well I've trained her. And Shalon's like, hey, you want some of this bread and jam that Cabsall brought me? And Yasna's like, uh, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to research. No. Truth berries? Blech. Don't make me laugh. He probably told you something about how, like, they make you feel euphoric <laughs> and sex and stuff. What a freak. In one week, she'd have to leave. But in the meantime, she'd let herself pretend a little while longer. So, you know, that's nice on, on some level. Yeah, it's kind of sad. Kind of nice. Kind of sad. You know. Yeah. Yeah. That's. Yep. It's that. It's those things. The next chapter, 43, is The Wretch. And the one here is, they lived in the wilds, always awaiting the desolation, or sometimes a foolish child who took no heed of the night's darkness. This is a quote from Shadows Remembered, and seems to hint at the truth that I seek. Which we saw, like, Shalon knew Yasna had looked at this book, and she went and found it, and was just like, this is a book of children's stories. Like, what? why is she reading this? Well, here we go. This, there's something. Yeah, as we've learned from Harry Potter, children's books have all the answers. Yeah, that's, yeah. Those, uh... Franklin the Turtle books, full, chock full of secrets. Oh, yeah. Don't get be... me started on uh, don't get me started on the Elmo and and uh, meets a unicorn book. It's got all all of life's mysteries right inside. of it. <laughs> so Kaladin wakes to a feeling of dread. It's like there's just there's no hope. He's he's losing it all. And he he has this. He's like, are you preserving me almighty to saving me so that I can watch all of them die? This sucks. No, 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 no. Preservation is the other guy. <laughs> it's true. You're supposed to burn prayers and send them to the Almighty, who waited with for his heralds to recapture the Tranquiline Halls. But he's supposed to be all-seeing and all-knowing, so why do we have to burn prayers? That doesn't make any sense. I, I love that bit. It's just the person of someone who's willing to pick apart anything because they're just... <laughs> Like, why do I need to do this? This doesn't make any sense. If the Almighty's real, how come they can't hear me or see me write what I'm writing? <laughs> oh, poor Kaladin. If, if Santa like knows if I'm bad or good, why do I need to tell him what's on my list? <laughs> yeah, come on, Santa, read my mind already. So they get the Bridgman out. Everyone's out here. Like mostly, they they're all now like clean shaven and stuff. So the bridge crew actually looks, even though they're still. Wearing ragged, dirty clothing and stuff. They kind of look better than all the other bridges. Everybody's out here waiting for him to lead them in practice. And he's like, yeah, but practice is futile. And here comes somebody new. There's there's four men carrying a palanquin and a tall, thin man in a violet light eyes coat walking beside it. So I guess light eyes get their, their special coats. Dark eyes can't wear them. And Kellen's like, ah, must be Lamrel's replacement. The guy who died, remember? Yeah. And so she's the, the this woman is lounging in her seat. On the palanquin as as the the bearers stop, and she says, "I'm Brightness Hashal. My husband, Bright Lord Matal, is your new captain." And Kaladin wants to make a comment because uh, he figures that this is not a, a real promotion for anyone. This is not a nice spot, so 
Meanwhile, the guy, her husband is just standing there with his hand on his sword, not saying anything. He thinks delicate hands. That sword had not seen much practice. And Hashal is like, we've been advised this crew has been troublesome. It seems that you've survived the Almighty's judgment. I bear a message to you from your betters. The Almighty has given you another chance to prove yourself as a bridgeman. That is all. She's just trying to set a record for, like, swiftest character introduction for utter cow here. <laughs> like, how quickly can I establish myself as someone you, like, the readers should hate? 25 words or less? Got it. Probably means she's going to have an early death, too, and nobody's going to feel bad about it. Yeah. Could be. No, this is actually, like, the Cersei of the piece. She just keeps coming back. Oh, it's, no. It's going to be the, the Uxbridge. You, you hated her right away. But, uh... Who's Uxbridge? Umbridge, sorry, not Uxbridge. <laughs> I was like, who the hell are you talking about? Kevin Uxbridge <laughs> is a next generation character, which is why I was, yeah. Right. Gotcha. Uh, yeah, yeah, you're, we get it, you're a Star Trek nerd, jeez. Many are trying to read too much into what happens, so High Prince Sadius has forbidden gawkers to come and see you. But like this idea that Sadius is aware that like people in his army are just coming to stare at the guy who survived, the boy who lived, as it were. And, uh, <laughs> not to throw too many Potter references, the chosen right? one. And uh, so he's forbidden people to come and stare. Damn it, Sadius. You could have been on a gold mine. You could have charged people admission. (laughs) Come see my bridgeman, the greatest bridgeman of all time. He he fought the storm and the storm lost. Yeah. (laughs) So she's like, my my husband's not going to run the bridge cruise with his predecessor's laxness. He is well-respected and honored associate of High Prince Sadius. Not some near dark-eyed mongrel like Lamoral. And this time, Callan cannot help himself. It's like, oh, yeah? Then how do you end up in this latrine pit of a job? Dude, you, you got to learn when to keep your mouth shut, my dude. This uh, is... I, I think this is something we're going to have to live with Kaladin for the rest of uh, however long he is in this series. Like, he just yeah, got... The he, the, the, but they, yeah, the dude's got a mouth on him. Yeah. It's like Harry Dresden expecting... has this problem also. I was expecting him to go. Someone's like, you suck. Bring back Lameral. Lameral's <laughs> dead. That's your problem. <laughs> Lamoral was the best. He told me I was meant to die. It was fantastic. You just, suck. Just bring, it, just bring his body back, toss it in the yard, we'll take orders from it. Yeah. <laughs> but What's that, I, What's that Lamoral? Eat the rich? <laughs> I guess, to her credit, she doesn't seem at all put out by this. She just flicks yeah. her fingers, and a guy walks up to hit him in the stomach with his spear. Yeah, she knows what she's doing. And Kaladin just instantly blocks it, like, reflexively. Yeah, And he can see this whole fight in his mind where he could take this spear from this guy, knock him down, take down the other two guys. And then he's like, oh, no, I'll just end up getting myself killed. <laughs> I was like, that won't do anybody any good, especially me. <laughs> the dead guy. It's a real Robert Danny Jr. and Sherlock moment. It is. It's like, yep. take spear, pull on spear, kick in nuts. Wait, <laughs> no. And so he just lets the guy hit him the second time. And he like the guy smacks him in the side of the head that time and he goes down and Ashal's like yeah no laxness like I said if you must know my husband requested this assignment as the bridge crews are essential to Bright Lord Sadius's advantage in the war of reckoning yeah and this is the point where I'm like nah dude you requested your husband get this assignment <laughs> because there's no way this dude wants this job He's, he's just like, whatever, I don't have to do any of the work, apparently. Yeah. So. <laughs> I'll just sit here let my wife talk. Collect my fee and yeah, all exactly. the honor. <laughs> but, like, I don't know. If I was him, I'd be more hesitant. It's like, the last guy died. Yeah, it's true. 
And not because of anything he specifically did. Because of something that he didn't do. He right. didn't stop them from right. side carrying. Yeah. It's like, uh, are you trying to get me killed, wife? What's what did I do? As a yeah, maybe that maybe that's it. She volunteered him for this because she's like, oh, the last guy died. Maybe I can get rid of this guy finally. She says, from now on, aside from normal bridge duty, each crew will be only assigned one type of work duty. Gaz, and then Gaz pops out. Like we didn't even know he was here, but he's like, <laughs> what? Hey, you're talking to me? He's just hung over in the corner somewhere. He's like, ah, what? Are my are my spheres lit up yet? <laughs> As a bridge four is now on permanent chasm duty. You see efficiency. And then they leave. And I, I do like that uh, her husband just like, strolls off. He never said a single word. And Moash is Moash, still a pissy little guy where he's just like chasm duty. Great job, lordling. She'll she'd see us dead from a chasm fiend. If, like, how was this Kaladin's fault? Because he didn't die. Whatever. Yeah, shut the fuck up, Moash. <laughs> You're out of your element. And so Pete, the chasm fiend is not the issue here, dude. <laughs> Lean, balding Pete is like, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? And Callan's like, We're, we get to work. It's a very dramatic uh, end of a scene moment. And so then here they are in the chasms, walking around, dead people everywhere, a lot of debris mm-hmm. and such. Mm-hmm. Yep. And Sill's like, hey, man, uh, Callan's pissed off. He's like, I could have I could have taken that guy down. I probably could have beaten all four of them. And Sill's like, well, why didn't you then? He's like, I thought you didn't like killing. And she goes, I hate it, but I've helped men kill before. And he's like, wait, what? <laughs> this is a revelation. Yeah, what are we talking about now? Improve my, increase my killing power, you say. Jumbo, <laughs> uh, perhaps. Jumbo? Jumbo. Perhaps, perhaps not. <laughs> and so he's like, how did you do this? And she's like, yeah, I don't know. I just, I have this vague memory. I remember very faintly that uh, I, I did it and it was right to do. I feel it. He's like, okay, whatever. And so he's like, I didn't do it because there's no point. There's no point to anything. Nothing means anything. Then he gets into his dad. His dad said that, like, you can't kill to protect. But Kaladin's like, you can't protect people no matter what you do. The world wants them dead and trying to save them is pointless. Wow, it's dramatic. All right. And she says something weird. Is that why you didn't accept it? The glory all those months ago? He says, no, that was something else. And then we move on, which what the hell does any of that mean? I don't know. We've gotten we've gotten a couple of clues that like they were the lighties were gonna like lift him up or something, and he was like, "Nah, I'm good," and like that made them mad. Like that's the sense I'm getting. It's like he refused like some kind of honor that they were gonna give him, and that pissed them off. Mm, yeah, because yeah, he did mention before like they don't take it well when you turn down their gifts. That would make sense. They were gonna give him a medal, and he was like, "Shove your medal up your ass," and then they <laughs> made him a slave. And like he's talking to Syl, and Tef's like, "Hey, what are you saying over there? Nothing, nothing important." And Syl is slightly offended by this. She's like, "You were talking to me, asshole. What the what the hell?" That's not very truth of you. Yeah, it's no truth at all. And so Kaladin feels like he's cursed. He always survives, and it's and Rock's like, "What are you talking about? That's not a curse." He's like, "No, I'm I'm just gonna have to watch everybody else die." So it kind of is. And this Rock looks troubled and leaves off at that point. And then Tef comes up. He's like, "Hey, I mean, do you want to talk about it?" No, I don't want to talk about it. Okay, well, you got to tell the men something. Like, they're confused. And he's like, oh, okay, fine. I'll tell them something. We're all going to die. There's nothing I can do about it. It's hopeless. There, I, I explained it to them. Jeez. Okay, dude. And that's not great. Everyone, I mean, Kaladin was the one who has been pushing them to have some hope in this horrible Bridgman existence. And now that he's given up, everyone's like, man, Kaladin's right. Yeah, we're just going to die. Everything sucks. And Teft is like, 
It seems pathetic to give up. We should keep fighting right until the end. You know, journey before destination. What does that mean? I don't know. Something I heard once. And Sigzel's like, it's something the Lost Radiance used to say. It was part of their it was it was part of their motto. Life before death, strength before weakness, journey before destination. Between this and his little melancholy bit at the end of the other chapter, I'm just like, what does Sigzel know? He sounds like he knows a lot more than he's letting on. He does. It does sound like that, doesn't it? Yeah. We found out he's educated. Sounds like a smart some cookie. Way, so, yeah. Yeah, he's a he's a professor or something, right? So he says. Think, yeah, I don't know that we know that. We know he didn't finish his education, and that he had a master. Uh, but I think that's all we so, have. Something about like he was he was put away for murder. Like you tried to kill your master, and he's like no or something. I don't know. Yeah, he said that it wasn't his master. That wasn't the one he tried to kill. Yeah. Yeah. Something about this is just like a. You sound something, 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 something's very strange about this, and I don't know what. Like, yeah. like you know, talk, look, talk I was about, on the wrong side of a philosophy lesson. It went bad. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> sorry, sorry, Dad. Keep going. He ate some bad truth berry jam. Um, yeah, yeah, no, like, like for some reason, like the more he talks, he reminds me a bit of Seth. Hmm. For for some reason, like between the masters and the killing, and like knowing all this, like and having different information perspective, I'm just like, eh, I, there's probably nothing connecting the two characters, but for some reason, my mind is putting them next to each other. Yeah, is he a new edition, a newer edition? Because we know Seth was sent here, so it could be Seth. Uh, no, no, he's been around for a while. We saw him way back when he and Moash were buddy buddy. Uh, back well, yeah. when Caledon was still trying to get people on board, and we've seen Seth since then. Yeah, well, we yeah. saw Seth in an interlude. Do we know they're chronologically synced up? Mm, maybe not. I mean, we know Sigzel is very dark-skinned. He's Azish, they said, and Seth, Seth is light-skinned. Shin, yeah. So, uh, yeah I guess that's true. He's, a Shin. Yeah. he's got the different eyes also. Uh, so, I mean, unless he's yeah. real well-disguised. Yeah, I honestly have no idea why I'm putting um, Sigzel next to Seth here, but for some reason they're both just, like, standing next to each other in my head. I mean, they're some yeah. of the only characters we know that aren't, like, Alethi or, uh, I mean, Shalon's from Yakoved, which is apparently very similar. Yeah. yeah. We got Rock. Rock's from uh, the high, the, the Horn Eater Rock. Mm. But that's in, that's kind of within the borders of Yakoved, so. Yeah. They get into this whole discussion among the group where it's like, Lost Radiance, who's talking about that? It was Tef. No, I didn't. And like Sigzel's like, oh yeah, the Lost Radiance, there's groups in Yule that want their return. And he's like, who'd want that? They betrayed us to the Voidbringers. And Rock's like, Voidbringers, lowland nonsense. No, they were real. Everybody knows it. And they get into the thing about that. And then while all this is, all this arguing is happening, still it's just like, journey before destination. I like that. And Kellen's like, why? Eh, I don't know. It's just, uh, Tef just right. You can't give up. But he points out like, we only get chasm duty from now on. That means no more reeds, no more money, no more bandages, no more food for the nightly meals. This is it. We're going to come down here. We're going to die, get eaten by chasm fiends or whatever. And let's see. They're still still fighting about the lost radiance over there while Kaladin is having his uh, internal uh, panic or whatever. Tien Tux Goshel Dalit, the nameless slave he tried to save in the slave wagons, always fails. And finally, Moash is like, you two just storm off. It doesn't matter. You heard Kaladin. Even he thinks we're as good as dead. And we have, it's very similar to the discussion kind of at the honor chasm where Sill's just like, Kaladin's like, there's nothing I can do. And Sill's like, so you, are you sure? 
yeah, I'm going to fail. I've always failed before. He's like, well, then why not try? She also points out, it's like, does the fight itself not mean anything? And he's like, not if you're just going to die in the end. Then he starts thinking about those words, life before death, strength before weakness, journey before destination. What, what do these things mean? He's like, life comes before death? Well, no, that's obvious. Live before you die? Like everyone, death is the destination. Everyone's going to get there. Maybe life comes first. That's the journey. Is that the part that matters? Excellent Sinatra song that I'm going to live before <laughs> I die. Yeah. Sinatra's good. Well, you know. Live it, let die. Wait, no, that's different. That's yeah, the other thing. <laughs> also a good song. Sure, sure. You know, who doesn't like, uh, that's Paul McCartney, right? That, that was Paul McCartney and Wings. Yeah. And then he comes across a rock. A little rock reminds him of his brother. Yeah. It's a very SpongeBob moment. He's like, it's not a boulder. It's a rock. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, I mean, we're still alive for now. And you promised you were going to try at least one time. And I think what it really comes down to, it's like he says that he sees the wretch standing before him. That it, being that person meant release. It meant apathy. But is that really what I want? Like being that guy didn't protect me. Everything still sucked. It just led me basically to where I was going to commit suicide. So is that what I want to do? And he decides that, no, that's not what he wants right now. And tries like, okay, guys, there's one more thing we could try, but it'll probably end up with us all dead at the hands of our own army. And they're like, yeah, you said we're going to die anyway. You're right. And she's like, okay, we're going to try to escape. And they're like, you can't escape. We're we're a million miles from anywhere. Nothing out here but great, great shells and high storms. And so he says, look, they send us down here every day. They don't send any supervision because all of the guys in the army are scared of the, getting eaten by chasm fiends. So they just send us down here by ourselves. And it's all busy work. It doesn't take that much time to find the amount of salvage that we have to bring back. So that gives us time to do something else. And he kicks a spear up from the ground in, at Moash, who catches it. And he's like, I'm going to train you to use these. And the plan is, uh, I'll train you all how to fight with the spear. And then one night we'll go to like the guard post and kill them and we'll run. And they're going to send guys after us. And hopefully they'll underestimate us. They'll send a small force. We'll kill them. And by the time they send a larger force, maybe we'll have gotten far enough away, which is a hell of a thin plan, I feel like. But they don't have a lot of options. And he's like, Sadius is going to go to great lengths to capture us. He maybe send a whole company after us. He can't let us kill his soldiers, a bunch of slaves, kill his soldiers and then run off. And so he's like, this is what we have. And Tef's like, I'm in. And Moash is like, me too. I like Sigzel's like, I'd rather spit in their Alethi faces and die on their swords than remain a slave, which all right, there you go. <laughs> Uh, you're, at, you're at about a 10. We need you to about a six. Yeah. <laughs> Let's ramp up gradually. <laughs> it's like, hey, 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 we're not there yet, man. Calm down. <laughs> no, I want to kill him. <laughs> like, whoa, 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 whoa. Wait a minute, man. <laughs> and Rock's like, and I shall cook you all much food to keep you full while you kill. He's not going to fight. It is beneath him, he says. Dunny, on the other hand, is like, I'm your man, Captain. Let's do this. Yeah, I'll put him right in the shitter. <laughs> and so... They start working on a plan, and that's the end of our chapter. And then we get a cool illustration after this. The history of man, which is composed of five events here. The whole history of man comes down to five things. The expulsion, the loss of the Tranquiline Halls. The desolations, the war against the Voidbringers. A Hariadium, however you say that. The last desolation, the defeat of the Voidbringers. The recreants, the fall of the Knights Radiant, and the hierocracy, the failure of Voronism. So, and then there's like a skull at the bottom. There's a skull at the bottom and the top. It's a weird kind of depressing uh Is that a skull? That looks like a pelvis. I think it's like two skulls back to back. Oh, yeah, now I see it. 
all right so yeah that, that's our chapters let's move into predicaments we neither of the like we talked about that there wasn't a lot happening here but both of these chapters seem to be setting up some big stuff so what do we think is going to happen next where, where are we going man with shallan i i'm gonna stick with what i think i've been talking about which basically i think both of them work both of the fabrials work and eventually yes it's going to find out that she has a fabrial whether she knows that it's her original fabrial or not yes it's going to be like well and you're my word if, I, if i'd have known you had a fabrial i'll just teach you how to use it and then uh, everything will be honky dory and she can just be like learning how to use it and then she can go help her family you know openly maybe yes that can make her some of her other problems go away with like these people searching for the fabrial that's uh you know if we're going from a, a very positive perspective that's where i think that's going it may be completely wrong capsules could be in her pocket could be in yasna's pocket if so you know maybe maybe it's not going to be a super positive situation for her and then i think i think uh our kaladin folks i think they're going to train but i don't think they're going to be able to escape i think something's going to happen that's going to change the trajectory for them in a different way from escaping i don't think escaping is going to end up being an option for them Ooh, okay I don't know what's going to take place. Yeah, I just don't see escape as a viable option for them. Not in the way that they're thinking anyway. Like, just getting away. Like, I just don't know that that's going to work for them. It would be an interesting... Because you guys have been theorizing since almost the beginning that, like, at some point Kaladin and Dalinar are going to cross paths because they're in the same place-ish. Yeah. uh, And they're two major characters. If Kaladin runs off and, like, they escape from the Shattered Plains... And the two of them never meet. It will seem very weird that they were so close together, but never like met. I mean, they're in completely different circles, so not crazy weird that that doesn't happen. But at the same time, yeah, I feel like it's going it's going to happen. And, and I think you have some interesting points about the the Fabriel, because from what we know of these of the Soulcasters, they're supposed to be super holy. And everyone is uh, Capsol seems outraged that like. This person who's not uh, one of the Ardens is allowed to, you know, have a soul caster and use it and blah, blah, blah. Like, he kind of goes off on that in this chapter. Right. But, like, Yasna is the one person that Shallan could have come to that might be able to give her information and, like, tell her how to use the soul caster. Maybe even fix it if it was broken and wouldn't immediately be like, oh, you should give this to the, the Ardens because she – Right. Yasna doesn't believe. So it is – it is weird that like it wasn't even something they thought about trying. It was like, hey, will you help us? Right. I think like without her being a warden, even if she had the Fabriel, Yasna probably wouldn't give her the time of day. But now that she's kind of proven herself, like we had to get to this point, right? We had to have the we had to have the subterfuge of becoming a ward, mm. and and so that you know she actually cares about her at all, you know, to any extent, in order for this to happen. Right. And if Yasna is who she says she is, it's like, well, ultimately, this person's just coming to me seeking knowledge on how to use this thing. Who am I to to if she already has one? She didn't. You know, well, she did steal it, but not technically. She didn't. You know, she didn't steal the <laughs> maybe the original one stolen. We don't know. But he, however, she's come to own it. She owns it. And so, like, there's really not like I, I don't see what her objection would be to teaching her how to use this thing. She hasn't objected to teaching her anything else including philosophy involving killing people. So, I mean, we don't really know like what her line is morally, ethically. We know that it's pretty, it, like she doesn't have as, as tight of a moral line as, as Shalan seems to, even though Shalan did steal something, but mm-hmm. 
but uh, so you know, it would uh, to me it makes sense that like you just come to this person who you already have this device thing. I think honestly, if she wasn't so, so hung up on the idea that mine is broken, she would have she might have already done it by now. Like knowing, like knowing Yasna a little bit at this point, maybe that would have crossed her mind. But I'm 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 assuming it's just because she thinks well, mine's broken, so it's, it's not gonna work. Yeah, I mean yeah, that's fair. And you're right that. She probably would not have gotten the time of day before becoming her ward. That's true. Although it, it's apparently very rare for someone to have one of these Fabrials that's not an Ardent. So that might have been enough to get Yasna's attention all by itself. Assuming that since it didn't work as far as Shalon knew, then I guess Yasna might have thought it was a fake. If uh, it's like, oh, I totally have one of those too, but it doesn't work. You know, it's uh, something mysteriously not working. Regarding the Fabrial, I've got I've got questions that. Like, does she even look at the stones? Like, Yasna? Like, she's she's wearing it, but I believe the other stone was cracked or broken or something, which is now put in to her soul caster, right? Okay, so that night, the night that she killed those guys, her, I think it was the smoke stone cracked, and mm-hmm. she popped it out to, I guess, replace it later, and then Shalon, like, took hers and also pop the smoke stone out and then switch them so there was a broken stone but i don't think it was actually in hers i think yes uh, replaced that okay. after that night fair enough no that's okay i was like surely she'd realize that it was broken so i mean if she hasn't had a chance to have it fixed or replaced or anything yet then she wouldn't know like reasonably wouldn't know that it's not working so you know shalan could be starting to think that she's sort of in the clear but i guess it really depends on how often she would use the soul caster really as to how quickly she mm-hmm. would notice. So, I don't know. I don't think she's out of I don't think she's out of danger yet. I don't think she thinks she's out of danger yet, obviously with her reaction to being um almost found out or in the rooms jumping when she thought Yasna was knocking on the door. This next week for her will be interesting. I I can't I can't see her just up and leaving at this point. I think we're going one or two way one of two ways. She will either leave and Yasna will follow knowing what she's up to, that might depend on Capsule, how he's going to fit in here, whether he decides to leave uh, being an ardent or, or not. I don't know. I don't know what he's going to do. Or maybe she'll find a way to stay. I I had thought at one point, I think it was in the last episode, that maybe her, her family were, it was too late to help them, like they were already gone, but that Nan Valette's wife gave the right code that everyone was who they were in the room i'm not sure if that's even going to help so really it's shalan's story i I don't know i think it's going to be a suspenseful couple of chapters of her being merely found out possibly found out (laughs) all those sorts of things so we'll see we'll see what happens there our friend kaladin i I don't think it's going to be as simple as just learning to fight in the in the chasm It'll probably help them and and lift their spirits a bit, but they still face the issue of not being able to get the 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 weeds for the sap and you know all these things that have been pulling them together. Realistically, you'll be taken away pretty quickly. So if they're going to make a move, you'd think it would have to happen fairly quick as well. I would like to see Kaladin still find Dalina, and we haven't seen what those guys are up to for a while, so. I'm not sure how they're going to tie back in there. This is really just a lot of thoughts than than predictions as such. The only the only 
kind of thing that I had that was a little bit out there was Sil said something today in the in the chapter with Kaladin about something being right. And I just thought that was really interesting that we'd also read the same thing in Shalan's chapter about, you know, right, wrong, moral, ethical, legal mm. philosophies coming together. And I was thinking about, I wonder if maybe Shalan and Sil on some level are linked. Because Shalan's drawing things that she might have seen or not seen before. She's now hearing a voice, but still learning, just like Shalan's learning. Not necessarily saying they're learning the same things at the same time, but as as Shalan's growing, still appears to be growing as well. And it could have been complete coincidence that they were both looking at something being right today, but that was just something that popped into my head. And I think obviously Sil and Kaladin are linked, but it would be interesting if maybe Shalan was linked too, because I don't really know how their stories are going to come together. If they'll even come together in this book, maybe it'll be a much later thing. But I thought that was kind of an interesting concept that I wouldn't mind keeping an eye on for a little while. That's interesting. A link between those two. That would, it would at least, it would provide, because we've got these kind of three main viewpoints, I guess. We've got, you know, Kaladin, obviously. We've got Shalon. We've got Dalinar. A little bit of Adolin, but I almost wrap his stuff in with Dalinar's. So yeah. we've got something linking Dalinar and Kaladin, at least in the fact that, like Sadius, if nothing else, links the two of them. And then Dalinar and Shalon are linked through Yasna, kind of. But we don't have anything between, like, Kaladin and Shalon that, like, kind of links them together. So if, if Syl isn't... Yeah, okay. I, I, that would be interesting. Hmm. Yeah, there could be nothing to it, but I don't know. It was just... It was more a thought that popped in, and I was like, hmm, okay. Let me ponder that for a while. So if, if Kaladin and Shalon meet up at some point in this book, do they get along? Mm. She's well, bright eyes. Yeah, she's be... light eyes. Yeah. Yeah, she is a light eyes. I feel like at first he probably wouldn't entertain the idea, but maybe I don't know. Maybe through some sort of shared experience, they will find they're okay. Maybe maybe he encounters her while she's on the run, which would then make her a bit different <laughs> than than everyone else. So it's true. I don't know. Interesting question. Yeah, if you're a light eyes being hunted by other light eyes, does that make you okay with Kaladin? Hmm. Mm. I like this. Okay. Uh, so I've got a couple here. As far as the Kaladin stuff goes, I think their escape won't happen for a bit. I think that because Kaladin's going to take the time to train them down in the chasms. And I get the feeling while they're down there one day, they're going to encounter something and put their combat to the test. I don't know if they'd have odds against a chasm fiend, but it, you know, logically it says that they could come up against one because you know, that's that's where they live. So it'd be interesting to see them go up against a chasm fiend and the scrappy little crew takes it down or something, and then they they all see Kaladin drain a gem heart or whatever. But also just just as possible is like it would be it'd be cool if they did run into a Parshendi team that are also doing chasm duty and like they'd have that awkward oh shit do we fight now and um, and the Parshendi's <laughs> like guess so come on. Because I, I think that just, that'd just be like a really funny thing. It's like they're just training in the ca- in the chasm, and all of a sudden this Pashendi team just comes around the corner. And they all just look at each other awkwardly, like "uh oh," and then they have their combat scene. Because they, have, yeah, it'd be nice to see the Pashendi up close rather than just from a distance peppering us with arrows. So yeah, that's that's the thought I had for Kaladin. But that's just speculation of you know this this could be cool. Whether it's likely or not is another matter. But my big my bigger one this week is more about Yasna. Like we had Shalan like looking at her looking at her stuff and just going, Wait, she believes in the void bringers? Like why the hell like like she doesn't believe in God, why does she believe in what God fights? 
So I think she might actually have more of a peek behind the curtain than we than we realize. Whether it's through Wit, who we suspect is Hoyd, and just talking to him, or if she's in connection with the Ghost Bloods, like we know that like like they're on they're on this world. They they've been messing with uh, Shalan's family, but if she has a connection with them, she might know more about the nature of shards and like just just have more information uh from that so she's like she's like well i can't believe in god because i don't believe in their divinity they're just a bunch of dudes who killed god and took his stuff so yeah maybe that's the case and yeah like so she's researching Voidbringers because they're the agents of um odium or possibly desolation because they keep talking about desolation in connection to the Voidbringers. so i'm like maybe desolation was the shard of this planet then odium killed him or something and took over his gig in the high storms i don't know interesting yeah we have heard desolation a lot you're right and we know that odium is trying to kill some some other shards so i could see that yeah i like you're like and then he took his gig which just to add insult to injury well i mean kaladin definitely saw someone in the storm there was a big ass face in the storm you are not wrong yeah so if like if desolation is dead well someone's got to be doing it because they they definitely say that like some, something in the notes mentioned like desolation and the storms went hand in hand hmm okay so I, I I do like that Jamie was like I think something's gonna have to happen soon with Kaladin and his crew because they uh, basically they're not gonna have, be able to make money for food and things and medicine and whatever anymore. So the longer they wait, the worse it's gonna get. So it's gotta happen soon. And Dax's like eh, I don't think it's gonna happen soon. I think it's yeah, gonna no, have to like, take a little I, while. So like she 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 makes she makes a lot made a lot of good points. I just like I'm just, I'm th- I'm just thinking in terms of well they need time to train people. So Kaladin's gonna want to drag that out as long as possible. So it's true. Yeah, it takes a while to train the dude to use it, a spear. It, it could entirely be both. Kaladin tries to take his time, but his hand is forced because they run out of time and they don't have, like, money and medicine and stuff, so. Mm, yeah. I mean, I don't imagine that they're flush, but they, they might have a bit still to, to play yeah. with or find a way for that to happen. We also still need the conversation between Teft and Kaladin to happen at some point. Yep. Yeah. So there's got to be at least enough time for that, too. And now in this chapter, we're getting a little, some little hints that, uh, as you guys point out, first we have Teft knows more than he's telling us, and now we're getting some hints that like Sigzel may know, not in the same way Teft does, but may know some information that uh, we're not hearing yet. Yeah. So many people on the bridge crew are maybe more than they first appear. Not Moash. He's just a dick. <laughs> Moash <laughs> is just an asshole, but he's excited to learn the spear. He was one of the first guys. You're sure. like, I'm in. Let's do this. And that's deeply concerning to me that the guy who has been like, man, fuck Kaladin for most of this book is all of a sudden it's like, yes, teach me the weapons. Okay, I that's a fair point. Actually, powers. Man. I love weapons. I love weapons. Uh, no, but that's uh, there, there's you got some interesting potential things in there. The the Yasna thoughts. You know, we're gonna. I feel, I feel like Yasna is an area where uh, we have less predictions than in some others because she's just so kind of aloof and like playing everything close to the vest where it's hard to tell what yasna is up to really like what her goal is we know dalinar trusts her pretty much like implicitly and we like dalinar so hopefully he's right right (laughs) i believe yasna is a good person but she's also a ruthless one like she's like one of those prime examples of good is not soft Mm, yeah okay fair all right Nice, nice predict predicaments, everybody. Let's do some housekeeping here. So for next time, we're going to do two more chapters. We're going to do 
44 and 45, which I think uh, will be very interesting for you guys. I think you will like these chapters. I guess we'll see if I'm right. When we will see that? Well, that's going to be a while for us. And as I mentioned last time, we're going to have a two-week break because I'm going on vacation. And I'm going to go to Australia and New Zealand and all sorts of fun stuff. So uh, whether that two-week break was before this episode or after this episode, so not sure. So you may have already had it or you may be about to have it for the audience out there. So uh, at this point, you know better than I about when this break is going (laughs) to fall. But that is whenever the next episode comes uh, in in contrast to this one, it will be two more chapters. We have some emails. We have some patrons. We didn't have any new Apple podcast reviews. So let's let's do the patrons first. Okay, the first one is Mark at the ska level. Mark, you are a wind whisper. You store senses. Good old tin. Mm, nice. And another, this one appears to be someone from the UK, also at the ska level. All right. They're called uh, Series at C. I'm sorry. C-E-R-Y-S. So, Ceres? Series? Well, whatever your name is, you're a sparker. You store mental speed. Thank you, new patrons. If you guys want to check out our Patreon, uh, I'm st- the episodes of my initial read of Defiant are still getting posted. I don't know how many I will have time to edit before I leave, so while I'm gone, they may uh, slack off a little bit. But I am, let's see, I just, as, as of this recording, the last one to go up was chapters 31 to 33, and there are, let me see, that was episode, sorry, let me see, finished episodes, chapters 31 to 33 was episode 11 of that book. And there are one, two, three, four, five, six, there's seven more. So a uh, lot of, lot of chapters in that one. I am finally finished reading the book, though. I've recorded all of them, at least. I just haven't gotten all of them edited to post yet. High level, now that I'm fine, finished with it. Pretty fun read and an interesting wrap up to the series. It does leave some stuff open because uh, like Brandon had some help writing some of the short stories that came in between like book three and four of the series or two and three. I don't remember where the short stories came offhand. Another author by the name of Jancy Patterson helped him out and he is going to let her write like a sequel series in the same universe. So he left some some little, you know, doors open for uh, in the universe for her to play with it's i'll be interested to see where she takes that um yeah so defiant was fun if you want to hear my specific reactions check out our patreon you can find us on patreon as the sander lanch podcast pretty easy patreon.com slash the sander lanch all right let's do let's do the emails then moving on to emails the first one is mike from virginia we've heard of mike from virginia he's, he's emailed before this one is called Bridge Four for Life. Sup, Gonchos? Mike from Virginia reporting in again. Sorry in advance for this long email. I am over halfway through Oathbringer now, having finished Way of Kings, Words of Radiance, and Edge Dancer. So I've passed you all up, besides Data, of course. It really adds another level of respect to the crew for me, because there's no way I could set these books down after only reading 50 or so pages. Now that I'm pretty well introduced to Roshar, I'm starting to think about my favorite characters across the whole Cosmere, I wanted to share my top five favorites, as well as ask everyone else what their top five would be. If top five is hard, top three is cool. So for Mike, it's Vin at number one, by far the most badass character I've ever read, he says. Her ability to think outside the box and develop ways to beat opponents she may not be supposed to is unrivaled. And she has that Luffy slash Naruto inability to quit even when all the chips are down. 
Number two, Kaladin. You guys aren't too far along yet, so I'll leave the reasons off of this one. Number three, Wayne. Most laugh out loud moments and most fun I've had reading a Cosmere character. Number four is Light Song. He could definitely be annoying sometimes, but his backstory and that ending were just so awesome to me. Number five is Steris. Best development of a character I think Brandon has accomplished. I was somewhat iffy on her at the start and adored her by the end. Honorable mention to Vasher. He seems super cool, but we didn't get to see him enough of him on the page. As I made up this on the spot, I realized that five is kind of hard. So if the crew wants to do their top three, that's cool. P.S. Data, you seem a little worried about someone reading through quickly and following your order. I don't think the Kelsey reveal in Bands is ruined by knowing he's doing his sliver slash cognitive shadow deal on Skadrial somewhere. I was still up in the air thinking it was Marsh for most of that book anyway. I can't know for sure, but I think knowing the events of Secret History improved my Era 2 experience more than saving that reveal. Whatever order people read in, I think reading everything before starting Stormlight is the moves. There's so much Cosmere shenanigans that you wouldn't catch without reading other stuff. A lot of reading orders that have the Way of Kings early on. Why? Seems weird to me. LOL. Thank you all so much for creating for the content you create. I enjoy it a ton. And all four of you bring a unique perspective and awesome personality to the podcast. Until next time, Airsick Lowlanders from Mike. So there you go. There's Mike. He wants to know everybody's top three or five, whichever one you want, favorite Cosmere characters that you've had so far. You go the usual. Or, I was about to say, who, whoever can already come up with their characters, you can go while the others are thinking. Yeah, that's a that's a tall order. I've 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 got a list here, so go for it. There you go. So I mean. To, to no one's surprise, my number one is Marsh. Mm-hmm. He may not be the most developed character out of the rest, but I have I, I have a thing for the Forgotten Brother characters and the, all the shit he went through. I really feel for the guy, and I cannot express how happy I was when he came back in Era Two. So, uh, yeah, Marsh Marsh is number, my number one. Steris is my number two. We've talked at length about you know how, about how cool she was, and just her development as a character was the best. Three, I think I agree with Vin. I think she took a lot of typical fantasy tropes, turned them on their heads a bit, and came out of it just a really cool character. Same with number four was actually Serene. Serene. Yeah, no, I like, again, like, the more I look back on Elantris since we finished reading it, the more fondly I've been looking back on it. And I think, man, Serene was a really good character. I, I'll pay that. And number five, this is probably the one that's going to catch most people off guard, is Miles, 100 Lives. Ooh, okay. I thought he, I thought he was just a great bad guy. He, he was the one who, like, I, I think the whole sympathetic bad guy trope has been overdone a bit lately, but I think he made it work. So no, I can agree with that. Yeah, Miles, like, I don't know that I'd call him sympathetic. He was an asshole. Oh, he was, he was, but it's like I can sort of get why he's doing it and why yeah. he and w- what drove him down a dark path. I think like he would have started out idealistic and he got more cynical as he went on and then he was just too far down the rabbit hole. Yeah. So yeah, no, like I I I like Miles. Like he he did come off as like this is Kelsia gone wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I 100% agree that it's like I get where he's coming from. I see I, I see why he would do the things that he does and he's got really cool power that he oh, takes his power is so cool. Yeah. So. That, that can go a long way. But yeah, I agree that uh, very, very cool bad guy. Yeah. Like <laughs> no Stormlight characters yet, but it's like we just haven't seen enough of their stories to really make yep. that call at this yep. point. So. Hmm. <laughs> I like those deck. Good job, man. Thanks. I, I'm going to go and and this could change. I'm very fluid in my like likes. I feel like 
especially like the more I get to know something, like my perspective on it changes. So I'm going to give a list, but I, I can't say that this is like my be all end all, especially because obviously we haven't read all the way through everything. So right now, this one, I'm going to go back to front. So I'm going to start with number five. I actually like Kenton from White Sand. Mm, which okay. I, I know that's a nice. bit out of left field for some people, especially like if you're listening to this and you skipped over our white sand stuff, <laughs> but Kenton just seems very interesting to me. I, I really would love like a whole novel set in that world just because that kind of structure, like the hierarchical structure of their society just seemed really interesting to me, even though because it was a graphic novel didn't go quite as in depth as like the novels do it was it was a fun read and i like kenton i think he's a fun character but then my number four is actually going to be clubs i liked clubs a lot the entire first book and the second book i was a little disappointed that he uh ended up passing away in the well of ascension uh that was kind of a bummer but you know i under i understood you know the stakes were pretty high in that book and at the near the end especially so i uh i got it i understood why it happened but it was a little little disappointing because i i like clubs a lot he's he's one of my favorite characters and then um number three is going to be kelsier i like kelsier a bunch he's uh he's my he's really fun to read even when he's not doing the right things like he's just an interesting character to read about and so uh i like him a whole lot and then sazed is going to be number two for me oh sorry no, I just spoiled number one. Sazed is number one for me. Even if he, uh, so I'll, I'll go back and tell you my number two in a second. Sazed is number one for me, even though like we don't really know what the future holds. It sounds like he may become like evil or something crazy might happen. I think his guidance throughout the book, his journey in the second book, then his his like indignation and righteous behavior in the third book, like it's just like it's it's a complete package and then he becomes like he tries to become this benevolent figure but like it seems like maybe it's not going to work completely uh so says this is my number one right now and then my number two sorry going back is is uh wax i liked the wax and wayne stuff a lot i know i'm picking a lot of skadrial people and i almost had kaladin on this list but we haven't read enough uh, yeah. for me to put kaladin on the list yet i like kaladin a lot and i i really wanted vasher on the list as well but vasher He's really cool, but at the same time, like, I, you know, we just didn't get enough, unfortunately, with that single novel mm. for me to declare him as one of my favorite characters. So I'm going to go with um, and and of course, Hoyt almost made the list. But again, there's so much unknown about Hoyt. It's like you, you don't I just don't know. Don't know enough to put him on the list. But yeah, Wax is my second. I like Wax a lot. Um, he's a fun character. I honestly liked him starting out and in the second book and in the third book, his the things, the choices that he makes near the end of uh, of the Lost Metal, not necessarily the choices, but just like kind of this his internal stuff going on with him, I kind of like him a little less near the end of the series. But that doesn't mean I don't like him a lot. He's a he's a really fun character. So, and it's cool to see like a character because you know in the original Mistborn era, we're seeing our main players have like. Our, our big, big main players, like Kelsier, Vin, and then later Elend, have all of the powers, right? Then you got this guy, Wax. He's got two powers, and he's, like, amazing. So True. it's uh, it's it's just fun to watch uh, or to read. So that's probably my top five. Nice. And I, I think probably no one is going to have a super huge love for anyone from Stormlight at this point yet. Because, like you said, we don't know them. We haven't had time to get to know them very well. Despite the fact, I, I guess we've read... 
more in this book than uh, let's see, this was 17 episodes. That's the same number of episodes as uh, more than any single era two book. And I think it's the same number of episodes. as like the first book that we uh, the first Mistborn book. So we've got a fair amount with these guys. You don't realize how difficult a question this is until you're put on the spot <laughs> uh, <laughs> and having to come up with a list. So I hadn't really given it too much thought, but uh, and, I, and I don't have a particular order, unfortunately, but I definitely had Sazed pre-Harmony. So at Mistborn Era 1, I, I really liked Sazed's character. I think it was really sad what happened to him and, and, and watching him come back from, you know, losing the love of his life. But I think that made him a stronger character and, and obviously then to take up the mantle and be Harmony. I, yeah, I think just Era 1, he was he was a fabulous character. And he's one of those ones that I think I liked from the moment we met him as well, which sometimes they're a little slow to make an impression character-wise. Vin is just badass. Absolutely is definitely in the list. Derek, she might be my favourite character. I think there was a lot that I was able to kind of identify with her on some of which is almost is almost uncomfortable, but you're like, oh, yeah, okay, I see that. I see that. <laughs> I kind of agree with you. But I think she was just – she was a fabulous character. She was kind of in the – well, she wasn't really in the first book that much, but it, it was – I didn't expect her to become such a big, like, important character to that whole story as she did. And it got to a point where I was like, I'm just – I want Steros back on page. She's – so awesome and then from you know two books two three four she was she was always there and always awesome which i Mm -hmm. i loved i would say they would definitely be my top three i yeah stormlight's hard because we don't really know where anyone's going i like dalinar's character but i guess it's probably too early to say that he's in my top five he just seems quite you know true to his principles and uh, he's He's got a past and he's trying to make rights and wrongs, but he seems he's solid and he's got integrity and he's he's trying to do the best thing for his kingdom and for his sons and he's just kind of stuck dealing with some stuff. So I really hope he gets his moment to shine. What do I got four there? I know there's so many good characters to choose from. Kelsey, uh, I think he's a good character. Do I like him? Yeah, I'm not that's the really question. Sure that I do. <laughs> um, I think he's he's a pretty like full-bodied character and written very well, and obviously quite integral to to what's going on in the Cosmere as a whole. I do like Hoyd. I enjoy Hoyd spotting, and I, I actually really liked Hoyd in what's that one we just read before, where he had more of a part. He was the storyteller. Warbreaker. The Warbreaker. Lawbreaker. I can never remember the name of it. I know it's got stuff to do with the colours. <laughs> but I, I really enjoyed watching Hoyd tell the stories there. I thought that was really cool. And obviously he had a little bit more to do uh, at the end of, of Miss One Era 4 as well. So, yeah, always looking forward to seeing more. But I, I think it would be easier to come up with a list of characters we dislike because uh, we, we rubbish them so often. Orion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's – I was going to say, yeah, if, if... – you you made some good points about like because as you point out Dalinar's pretty cool and if as some of us have theorized he ends up dying before the end of the book then maybe we've seen 
most of what there is to see about Dalinar. So maybe he's he could be a safe one to. But that's my thing. It's like if I'm coming up with the top list right now, I'm not really going to put any Stormlight characters on there because like most of them, I will say, it's it's a big as especially as we progress into the other books, it's a big cast, and most of them that we know, their coolest moments are ahead of them still. So I don't I, if I tried to pick any of them. I feel like I would be potentially spoiling something for you guys. If I was like, oh man, Dalinar is my favorite. You just wait till you see the cool stuff that he does. Then maybe that changes how you're going to read the rest of this book. So, you know, I, I wouldn't go into Turns out anything. Dalinar dies this book, so don't even worry about him. <laughs> his cool, his cool, coolest moment was catching a crab claw. That was a very cool moment, I, I do have to say. So, yeah. Uh, Jamie, I, I, I cut you off, what'd you say? Were you talking to me? Sorry? Yeah, Yeah, I cut you off. What were you saying? I don't know. I think <laughs> okay. I said something about, oh, he dies in the next chapter, but there must be a delay because I definitely finished before you started talking. Oh, okay. So, yeah, I, I'm not going to throw out, like, a Dalinar or Shallan or anything like that because I feel like that would change things up. There might be some contenders for me in the secret projects, um, like maybe a painter or something, but but once again, you guys haven't read those. I'm not going to throw that oh, kind of thing out. Oh, he likes Yumi. He likes Yumi. No, the, the book Yumi and the Nightmare Painter. Very good book. That and Tress, I think, were the top uh, books from the the secret projects. But all right, anyway, Sunlit Man we'll, was we'll trash. Got it. Got it. Nah, I would I wouldn't say that. It just was third place for me. So I'll throw out my top five real quick. Uh, having, having prefaced it by saying that, like the uh, Stormlight and and secret projects and stuff might largely change my list. Vin is my number one. I love Vin. Final Empire was my first book, my first Anderson book, not my first book ever. That would be weird. Yeah, when I was when I, when I, when I was a baby, a my mom was reading up. me this uh, Final <laughs> Empire. Wow, she went to the future and got the Final yeah. Empire for you somehow. And then this young boy got his throat slit <laughs> <laughs> after outside of a party, and you were like, "Oh my god!" Wonderful bedtime reading. Yeah. Make sure I don't go to any parties. Jeez. Um. Okay. Jeez. Yeah, yes. Elbow that. in this book? No. <laughs> you better hope not. And what about Grover? Everybody loves Grover. Elmo is here to lead the resistance of the star. <laughs> Probably do a better job than Yedin did, but <laughs> well, yeah, that's well, true. Well, well, well. Uh, but anyway, yeah. so yes, uh, for many reasons, I love Vin. She's amazing. The rest are more in no particular order. I'm gonna say that I also Wax and Steris separately and together uh, are are high on my list because. I love each of them, and I love the way that their relationship develops and the way that by the end they work together so well. I think that that, like, relationship elevates the two of them above even, like, their individual awesomeness. And then I'm going to pick two characters that I think are just fun for the last two on my list. So there's going to be Chris. I love Chris. Not even not as much. I mean, in White Sand, she's she's okay. She actually kind of grates on me at some times in White Sand. But then, like, as we see her later when she's grown into, like, this like world hopping explorer, like when she confronts Wax at the party and is asking him all this stuff, like I think she becomes a lot of fun. It seems like. And then uh, I'm, I'm gonna say Nightblood, which is always hilarious. True, Nightblood's a good yeah. one. If I had to pick someone from uh, Warbreaker, Nightblood definitely. I would, I, I, before you got to a certain point in the book, Denth might have been my favorite in Warbreaker, and then just you broke my heart, Denth. <laughs> Oops. Yep. Oh, anyway. Here's a here's a challenge for the listeners, actually, like for him to email in while we're having our break or whatever. I 
I'm always fascinated by those re- those sort of odd side supporting characters, and you get people who are like, no, that that one is is my favorite. And it's like they were in a, this book for all of one chapter. They're your favorite out of the entire thing, really? Like, like no judgment. I I, I just genuinely enjoy hearing people talk about why those. So if you're if you're a listener and your favorite character is I don't know, human the Colossus or someone someone like that. Like email in, let us know who and why, because I, I I love hearing stories like no I, you know, who's an, who's an, who's another good character? Alamancer Jack is your favorite. <laughs> Alamancer Jack, Handerwim. Handerwim, uh, exactly. Handerwim, no, your you favorite, know, not Alamancer Jack. No, if your favorite character was <laughs> meow, um, meow. St- it was Steris and Marisai's dad. Oh Lord Harms, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I like meow meow. That should be yeah, your favorite meow, character. Meow. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I've forgotten about meow meow. Well, if, um, your favorite, if your favorite character was Alrian, write in, let Jamie know why. Oh, no. Oh, if your favorite character was the Smiling Alamancer. No, Smiling Obligator, that guy. Oh, uh, yeah, that guy. Norton. 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 Yeah, just oh, like, yeah. like so even Alrian's a stretch, because she was in the book for quite a lot of it and a major mm-hmm. presence like throughout it. Yeah, just like the really offbeat characters. <laughs> yeah, but just like the really offbeat characters. Like, I... Is, is there someone who for whom human is your favorite character? I would love to know. I, I like the guy that was uh, Wax's valet when they went to that other city, and then it, they start getting shot at and stuff. He's like, "Does this happen all the time?" And Starris is just like, "Did you do no research about the guy before you took the job? Like, this is on you, <laughs> my man." Yeah, that guy was great. Okay, okay, let's we, we got we got a couple more emails. Thank you for your email. It, I love the the conversation prompting ones are great. Let's the next one is from Karen. And it says, hey, crew. Hey, Dak, Jamie, Joe, and Data. I just found your podcast a few weeks ago and have gotten caught up with the Stormlight episodes. I've listened to some of the Mistborn episodes. I have to say, I enjoy listening to the theories of the newbies and being annoyed at myself when they catch on to something I missed on my first read-through. Calling out that Sazed was the hero of ages back in Well of Ascension was well played, Jamie. Thank you for all the work you put into this show, especially given how you guys are halfway around the world from each other. Thanks for the look back on this amazing set of books. And I look forward to continuing the journey with you from Karen. She's just it's bold just doing the Stormlight episodes and then like oh, I'll dip into the Mistborn. I feel like we I, I I will be shocked if we make any sense listening to us that way. <laughs> we have so many inside jokes at this point that uh, we reference constantly like volcanoes are just everywhere. And if you just started listening with the Stormlight episodes, I'm sorry. You have no idea what half of the stuff we say is. We, then they we just make... started talking in weird southern accents about possums and. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We... <laughs> We make so many Futurama references and have talked about it so often that at this point we don't even say, like, oh, man, that's us making more Futurama references. We just make the references. And so if you hadn't heard us, like, talk about Futurama a million times before, then you're just like, what was that voice that he just did? Who's Zoidberg? I don't know what's going on here. (laughs) I think we made three Futurama references that we didn't point out today. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So if if people don't like it, they can go sit in the angry dome. (laughs) yeah <laughs> so thank you for for, for listening if, if, and if you started with the stormlight episodes i'm sorry thanks for sticking with us i'm i'm impressed <laughs> uh okay one last one uh from senti s-e-n-t-i senti senti i don't know hello i've been listening to your podcast for a couple months and decided to send an email i'm currently on the lost metal for the pod but i've also listened to how far you got on the way of kings some lost metal things i love how dak is a fan of marsh I feel like he tends to be pushed to the side by both the fandom and the books, and it's nice to see other people to be fans of him. Josh is my oh, boy. Right, yeah. My boy, Blue. <laughs> uh, hopefully, we see him in the next era as just hanging out his death 
helping to protect Skadriel. I'm really enjoying all the Cosmere lore drops in this book, and I'm curious to see how it will affect you guys reading Stormlight, since I'm pretty sure Era 2 is meant to be read in between Eras 1 and 2. Of Stormlight, I assume is what that was saying. Not sure, though. I read Stormlight first. Really enjoying your Stormlight reactions. Your jokes about Kaladin stealing Kelsier's survivor bit was really funny, especially since when you really look hard, you can see a lot of similarities between the two characters. They're very different people, but have similar stories. I agree about Kaladin's flashback chapters feeling out of place. I like the story, but I just want to get back to the present Cal trying to save Bridge 4. It's interesting that you guys seem to prefer Shallan's chapters to Dalinar's chapters. Most of the fandom would disagree. Anyway, it wasn't to the time of next Sentai. I'm glad somebody agrees with me about the flashbacks, because it's like, yeah, that's exactly how I feel. It's like they're so the stakes are so high with Kaladin modern day. It's like I get it, character development, but come on, it's, it's not that they're out of place. It's just they're so frequent. Yeah, we've we, we've we've gone down that rabbit hole enough. I won't return to Although, it, but yeah, uh, I, I, I will say it's like, like that rabbit hole. <laughs> Do, do, do we give off the impression that we like Shalan's chapters more than Dalinar's? Because I, I, I personally like Dalinar's stuff. I think I like Dalinar when it's Dalinar. When the Dalinar chapters turn into his son's antics, I'm like, uh, I could do without this. His son's yeah. dating life. Yeah. Yeah. I, like, I, I, if it's, if it's, if the focus is on Aelin, I'm, I'm a little less enthused. But yeah, hundred percent. If it's a Dalinar chapter, I'm all about it. I guess I, I can say now that I've read that email. And we're two thirds of the way almost through this book. It is a, a popular opinion in the fandom that Shalon's sections of this book are not great and uh, people are not huge fans really? of Shalon. Uh, I don't necessarily agree. I actually quite like Shalon in this book, but a lot of people uh, don't care for her very much and they feel that like she's kind of tryharding to be witty and that none of her comments are actually witty and stuff like that. So uh, I, I, I didn't obviously didn't want to say that before we started the book. I don't want to like give you guys, uh, you know, mm-hmm. predis- predispose you. But now that we know her fairly well, I can say that. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess the the thing that does bother me about her chapters is everybody keeps pointing out that she's witty or she herself will point out that she's being like smart mouth. And I'm like, OK, well, you don't you don't need to do that that much. But <laughs> I don't think that she's trying hard i think it's just like it's pointed out too frequently probably yeah I, I would agree like people can stop pointing it out but aside from that like i actually think i, I think i'm gonna draw a very weird comparison here i think that her smart mouth is similar to spider-man's in the sense yeah, that he does it yeah. as as coping with like a nervous reaction because she's there to steal from a very dangerous individual she is like shitting herself half the time the jokes are her way of coping so i don't find yeah. them, i don't find them particularly forced. She, yeah, she's quippy to be, you know, to make herself feel more comfortable. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, I definitely think it's a coping mechanism to to a degree that you guys aren't even yet aware of. I I, I think that you've really hit the nail on the head there. Whoa. <laughs> Let's dissect that. Um, I'm sure it has to do with her dad. Uh, but so yeah, th- those were our emails. Thank you guys. That's some cool thought provoking emails this time. If you want to send us an email, the address is thesanderlanch at gmail dot com. Find us on X and I almost said X and Twitter. That doesn't uh, Instagram, Patreon. I already talked about Facebook, all those places. Uh, like I said, there's going to be a two week break. It was either before now or after now. Uh, I'm going to try to post on Facebook or uh, and Twitter and stuff when I know for sure. But I am not sure yet whether I will have time. We record this on Saturday and I leave like Tuesday afternoon. So and just as a comparison, the episode that'll be going up this next Monday, I finished editing 
this morning. So we recorded it last Saturday. I finished editing it this Saturday, so a week later. So I don't know that I will get it done by Tuesday, but if I happen to get a big block of free time where I can do the editing, then I might. So, yeah, it'll – there's a two-week break coming sometime. Uh, and after this episode, whenever this episode is, the next episode, we'll do two more chapters, as I said, 42 and 43. So music by Miracle of Sound, two chapters uh, for next time. Mean sorry, 44 and 45? I'm sorry. Thank you. I didn't highlight the ones that we already did. Yes, we just did 42 and 43. Don't read those again. I mean, you can. <laughs> but we're going to be talking about 44 and 45. Yeah, I don't, I don't think they want to do that again. I, I, I'm I really I'm hoping that you guys uh, will like these next two chapters as much as I do. These are some interesting ones. So that goes for you two audience. I hope that you enjoy them as much as I do. That's going to be that'll be our 19th episode of this book, which is going to take us almost further than any. I think Elantris was 17 episodes. All of the like era two were like. I think the longest of the Air 2 books was 14 episodes. Uh, we may not have had one that went this long. Like, we may already be past. Okay, so Hero of Ages was 19 episodes, and Well of Ascension was 20 episodes. So we're just about up to our our the longest we've been on one book at this point. So the time just flew by. Yeah, and it's, it's going to keep going for a while. I have it mapped out as 30 episodes in this book. So we are at, at just about that two thirds point in the episode number as well. So wow. we're on our way. So thanks everybody for listening. You guys are awesome. Check out the discord. If you want, uh, there's a link on our website, www.thesandralanch.com. Look at the top of the page. There's a link to the discord two chapters for next time. And wasing to the time of next colo PS fashion crab at the Go stop.